This podcast is supported by the University of Tartu Astra Project Peraspera, financed by the European Regional Development Fund. Hey everyone, welcome to the Communicating Science Podcast, where we discuss the challenges and pitfalls of PhD research and hopefully give you some insight and advice. I'm Jason. And I'm Katarina. And we're your hosts. Hello everyone, for today's podcast we will be talking to Ani Jurine, who is a researcher at the University of Tartu. Okay, great. So thank you guys for joining us today. And so what we just kind of wanted to talk about was the world of academic writing. So I guess really just jumping right into it, what got you guys interested in academic writing to start? Well, first of all, thank you very much uh, for having me. Um, what got me interested in acti- academic writing was actually the fact that I was struggling with academic writing myself uh, as a PhD student, especially when I was just uh, starting out with my uh, PhD project. So in hindsight, uh, I should say that I was probably confused about the genre that I was writing in, and also I think uh, I mixed up the writing traditions. Uh, so as an Estonian linguist, I was, I was uh, writing as well as reading articles in Estonian as well as in English, and of course, uh, There are so many materials available for writing in English, but then when you try to write an article in Estonian, you see that not everything um, we know about academic writing in English applies. And uh, then I was just confused about this. (laughs) And uh, I uh, I joined a writing course myself, taught by Judah Leyan, who is head of AVAC which is the uh, Center for Academic Writing and Communication and, and also the responsible teacher for our PhD writing course, Communicating Science. And uh, I became a writing consultant and, and then started to get more into the field myself. Mm-hmm. And Katarina, uh, how about you? Well, uh, I have to also uh, agree with Ani that I also had some difficulty when I first enrolled into the PhD. Uh, in the sense of distinguishing and coming up with what kind of genre I should actually use and in what way. Uh, But retrospectively, a couple of elements uh, were also quite present throughout my life. Uh, Basically, I was uh, always interested in writing. But uh, since I was a kid, basically, and when I was a kid, this was more uh, towards the creative aspect of writing. And then, you know, when you get into the undergrad, especially in cultural studies, where writing is a huge part of, you know, how we actually communicate our ideas and how we... Uh, deal with particular phenomenon in a sense, you know, what you get of cultural studies is precisely, you know, how to uh, orally present something and also in writing. So these are sort of sort of the pillars that we were at least encouraged to work on. And um, basically during my studies there, I started to work as an editor uh, in the uh, student journal. Uh, in one student journal, so there was a bunch of, you know, undergrad students and MAs who were quite enthusiastic about how all of this works, you know, the publishing process, the writing process, collaborating with other authors, conducting some interviews. So th- this w- these were, I think, the first moments when I actually got into these this whole process of um, asking the questions, what does a text do, you know, as a, not only what does a text say, but I wasn't aware of this, of course, at that time. And basically to uh, sort of connect with Ani's uh, aspect here as well, uh, when I was first, uh, when I became more involved into the writing process on an academic level, uh, that happened in Estonia when I continued my MA studies in 2014. So throughout my MA studies, I've been somewhat involved with basically when I met Judah Leyen 
and Annie as well, uh, we basically just, you know, figured out that we we are interested in similar things and uh, I figured I can learn a lot from them. So we collaborated on some thesis boot camps, on some night libraries, uh, writing consultations and uh, activities such as those. And currently we are now collaborating on this communicating science course that Annie has mentioned already, uh, where I'm a writing consultant. So we do quite a bunch of interesting things here, but I guess we will be talking about this soon enough. Yeah, and I guess since you already brought it up, can you tell us a little bit more about the communicating science course and sort of why you guys started it and how it's going as well? Yeah, uh, well, the course itself, uh, communicating science, is, is it has been developed at the request of the rector's office and uh, it's now one of the seven courses uh, that go into this uh, new PhD student selective uh, module. And, uh, but when we started developing the course, we, we already had a set of criteria uh, to keep in mind. So it was acquired that, uh, required that the course uh, uh, had six credit points, uh, that uh, it should be held two times a year, uh, it should be a cross-disciplinary course, so we get students from uh, all over the university, so all disciplines. Also that it contains writing as well as the communication uh, element and also that uh, it covers science writing as well as popular science writing. So of course this is already quite a lot uh, to cover so we decided that we are going to have two tracks so science writing and science communication. And uh, in the uh, University of Tartu and uh, Study Information System, it uh, translates to having two parts, so part A and, and part B. And, uh, and uh, in the science writing track, we deal with uh, writing a journal article, uh, but also we, we do support uh, students who are writing their monograph. And uh, in the science communication track, uh, you, yourself and, and mm -hmm. Judah uh, cover the conference presentation and public speaking and, and also popular science writing. Yeah, and I guess I also wanted to ask Katarina, what are some of the extra events that go along with it as well? Because I know we're involved in a few. We are, Jason. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, basically, this came to mind while Ani was uh, was talking. And yeah, we're actually quite happy that uh, we developed a couple of those ideas. So basically, um, one idea, uh, which we realized last December, and we started it then, was this communicating science drop-in. And the communicating science drop-in essentially is based on this idea uh, that, for example, once in two weeks or once in uh, per month, uh, students can simply drop by uh, to an allocated spot in a particular classroom from 9 to 12 and uh, either listen to some workshops and consult, uh, be able to pro uh, give some feedback to each other and also get some feedback from Jason and myself on various techniques on presentation skills, writing uh, tools, writing techniques, and similar issues. Uh, basically, we have an upcoming uh, communicating science drop-in this coming Friday on the 29th of March. And on this particular occasion, we will actually be providing and giving two workshops. And one will engage with the topic of how to uh, develop uh, an engaging presentation and the other will deal with this also tricky topic of how to actually start writing. So some tools that encourage you to start writing. And uh, yeah, it has been going well with this. We do hope to sort of expand it. So for example, we also had this 
idea that uh, Ani, Judah, and I discussed uh, with Jason as well to expand on other faculties. Uh, because we don't only want to stick uh, to the faculty of philosophy necessarily, but also to other uh, faculties of Tartu University so that you know more students and more colleagues can actually get in touch with this uh, particular agenda. And uh, going into a bit uh, more you know, cross-cultural, in a sense, uh, I don't know, a comparison, we're also um, like gradually, gradually, but it's happening, you know, providing and uh, establishing some more concrete contact with the Department of Cultural Studies in Croatia and Rijeka. Uh, so currently, actually, we are in the process of uh, developing one syllabus for next year. Uh, and we hope we will actually be able to have either a small spring school or summer school or something along those lines just to also, you know, um, share this idea uh, in other, you know, contexts also. So I think this is one very good news. Um, and yeah, basically this is something that comes to mind at the moment. And of course, additionally, the podcast is also one idea that, you know, we expanded for the purpose of precisely, you know, communicating science and expanding our network. So. Mm-hmm. And, well, I guess we've gone over a lot of the kind of what you guys are doing, but I think another important uh, question to ask is actually the why of it. So why do these works matter, and why does writing matter, both inside and outside of academia? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, it does matter. And, and uh, what I can say is that it, it matters because it develops competencies that uh, that are valuable. I mean as you said, within academia, but also when you leave academia, when you start work uh, in your workspace. Uh, because it's, I think it's hard to imagine a job or a position or a, or a field where you don't need writing uh, in this day of age. And of course, uh, when we teach writing, we primarily we deal with uh, academic writing, but of course those skills that we teach are transferable to uh, to other settings as well because when we talk about writing uh, of course um, we um, approach writing as a mode of thinking so writing is a mode of thinking uh, it's a way to develop your argument and of course academic writing is really argumentative in the sense that you need to uh, develop uh, develop your argument to really put your point out there but of course this is also something that you need in sort of real life I'm making air quotes here right now and uh, and you need to be clear uh, in in whatever text you are writing, so that people know what you mean, and uh, and even more importantly, they believe what you mean. And uh, also during this, um, within this uh, communicating science uh, uh, writing track, uh, we we make use of rhetorical analysis a lot. So uh, we teach our students that uh, whenever you're writing something, in fact, whenever you're communicating something, you're, you're always trying to convince people. Well, one thing I would uh, add to this is uh, precisely regarding uh, this aspect that you mentioned, Dani, that uh, you know, writing, uh, writing is thinking. Uh, so what we sort of often encounter among our colleagues and other PhD students and even younger students is... Uh, that, you know, when you ask them, you know, what are you working on and uh, are you writing something now? You know, no, no, I'm actually, I'm thinking about it. You know, I have a topic in mind and uh, I'm sort of, you know, drafting it in my head, you know, then I will put it on paper when I have a clearer structure. So one of the things also that we want to uh, encourage much, much, much more 
is uh, precisely to, you know, just, for example, free write, which is one of the techniques uh, of pre the pre writing stage, uh, where you basically do not focus on structure, you don't focus on grammar, on punctuation, but you basically focus on your ideas and just write, you know, just communicate what's on your mind in whatever way you want, just to get it out there. Because basically, as, as I said, you know, writing is, uh, is thinking and it is this very overwhelming process. And if we're quite burdened with this structure of, you know, going from one, one point to the other in the beginning, it gets much, much more time consuming, of course, to communicate these ideas clearly. And clearly, sorry. And for example, um, again, if you take free writing or any kind of uh, pre-writing techniques, such as uh, uh, mind mapping, for example, or uh, the journalistic technique, when you need to answer, you know, who, what, where, when, and how, uh, what it actually facilitates is this nonlinear thinking, and this is actually something that um, that that uh, this is actually the way how we think. So, especially as researchers, but generally, we don't think in these really rigid terms. You know, from one point to second point to our third thought and our fourth thought, but we actually you know go in so many directions. We're quite dispersed. So, when you let yourself um, this opportunity to simply allow for your thoughts to flow during this process of, of free writing, for example, then it just gets, it just gets a bit, uh, actually much, much easier, you know. You see where your fears are, you see where you block, you just continue and you already have something produced. So, yeah. Yes, I would just add that it's then, it's it, once you have something written down already, it's then more easier to also to just diagnose what's wrong with your argument, because mm -hmm. there are not so many people, actually, there are only very few people <laughs> who are able to develop their arguments uh, in their heads only by thinking about exactly. them. Yes. So most of us just uh, need to write them down to polish them. And also, uh, I guess it's a matter of de developing the habit. Right. Because, you know, you do need to have this habit of actually being able to, you know, just put aside, I don't know, an hour or two per day or just, you know, some particular time slot and say, OK, I'm going to write, you know, because, you know, if we can, I don't know, if we can uh, watch Netflix in the evening, then, you know, we can also write a bit. So, right. yeah. And with that, well, that's definitely a good habit to develop, but kind of going into the bad ones. Um, based on your guys' experience, what are some of the most common issues and bad habits that you encounter with people? Right. Um, I, I guess, I don't know if it's a bad habit, but maybe it's um, more of a misconception or just lack of awareness about writing. Uh, and and it's, uh, it's the fact that uh, students as well as researchers, actually, uh, and, and teachers, uh, when they talk about writing or when they talk about their own writing, you can see that they really get stuck into the content. And, uh, and in a way, there's nothing really, really wrong with that. Or, or uh, they, they uh, sort of re uh, think that uh, when they are, uh, uh, when somebody is giving you comments or some feedback on your writing and uh, and they uh, give you some uh, critical comments about it, they automatically think that it means that then uh, there's something wrong with uh, their science. But actually they don't uh, realize that uh, your science and your communication of your science or mm -hmm. communicating your science are two separate things. And basically when I'm giving you a critique about your text, it doesn't mean that actually I'm critiquing your science uh, necessarily, although I may do that as well. Uh, but uh, so... Of course, uh, one of the things uh, is uh, what happens then is that uh, if they know 
that their science is solid, they will disregard those feedback comments saying that, ah, you just didn't understand because you are not expert in the field or you didn't read carefully enough. But of course, what we want them to understand is that uh, uh, in addition to your science being good, you also need to be able to uh, really communicate your science well. And those are two separate things. Um, yeah, and in these terms, we actually also currently work with some really interesting uh, PhD students in, I mean, this semester in the course, yeah. in the sense, I mean, they, they bring a lot of these questions uh, precisely because of being in different disciplines. So, of course, you know, you have this different model of thinking if somebody's from the natural sciences. And it's actually really interesting to hear, you know, how somebody uh, delineates those textual functions, you know, or models that we want to introduce. Um, and precisely, it's not about, you know, imposing this particular aspect on them, but to show, okay, you know, so it's not so black and white. So we're just trying to show you that, you know, one thing is what your text also communicates, but the other one is, you know, how it does so. So this is also one of the quite important questions for, for us, as Ani already mentioned. But regarding, uh, as you said, these bad habits, I, I wouldn't say also bad habits, uh, and when I think about it, I also think about my own, you know, uh, either, you know, anxieties or some fears. Uh, and I think most of them are probably more or less, you know, overlapping. But, for example, based on some recent writing retreats and talks with, uh, with uh, my, my peers, um, starting to write is definitely one of them. Uh, so basically just, you know, getting yourself to that position of, okay, you know, let's just, you know, go through something I'm going to write, I don't know. My introduction today, however it goes, it goes, and then, you know, give some, uh, share it with somebody, get some feedback, and move on. And uh, when I spoke with one colleague recently about this, uh, she also said that it's this feeling, you know, that uh, you realize that you're in a very competitive, competitive environment. And even if you have this good safety net and good colleagues and friends, uh, today, at least I think strongly in this, you know, uh, digital era also, we're consi consistently aware of how many works are continuously published, you know, how good they are, you know, usually. And we're always aware of this final product and people market themselves very well. And now you have Twitter, you know, now you have academic Twitter and you're always aware of what's going on. And of course, I think this also raises a lot of anxieties, which I think is completely reasonable and understandable. Uh, so it's trickier to fight with this. Uh, but one thing that does help is uh, precisely sharing this. And I think uh, in terms of our course, how we do this is precisely through writing groups. One of the methods, right? One of the tools. Yeah. Because once you actually develop this habit that, okay, you know, I have my group and once in two weeks I share my draft of an introduction of some, or something else that I'm writing, mm -hmm. it just helps to, you know, first of all, talk about it. Second of all, you know, you see that your peers are going through the same thing, just maybe in different ways. You know, you get some useful feedback and more importantly, you actually get used to providing some useful feedback. So in this sense, um, this is definitely one very, very good way to actually you know, also motivate yourself to writing, you know, because you set yourself some deadlines. Uh, but also re related to this, and I will end with that, basically, I think unrealistic goals and expectations are also one tricky thing. And I myself also struggle uh, in trying to have this balance of, uh, you know, oh my God, you know, I want this article to be great. You know, I really want to show that this is awesome or with my whole doctoral dissertation, which I think is actually, you know, it's a good motivation to have. Of course, you want to, you know, of course, you're passionate about something, right? And you believe in what you're doing. But at the same time, it's not, it's not good to go 
too far with this. So when I hear from some more experienced colleagues who already went through their PhDs, what they would like to emphasize is that it's very wise as soon as possible to accept that fact that, okay, so you will contribute to knowledge, like that's your, you know, that's also one of the main purposes, but it will be a minor contribution usually, you know. So accept that this will be a minor contribution, it will still be a valuable contribution, and then you just, you know, you continue your, your trip, right? You continue developing this further after your PhD, because the PhD is not like this, you know, at least it's not anymore, this uh, crown of, of your work. It's one solid beginning. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's some really solid advice. Now, kind of looking forward and into where the course is going and what you guys ideally see in the realm of writing as a whole, um, what are what's the future of the course? Um, what do you expect to develop out of it and where would you like to see it go? Yeah, we definitely keep developing uh, the course further and further with uh, each uh, semester. Actually, we learn a lot. Uh, ourselves um, and uh, this concerns developing the uh, content and uh, and also uh, some um, web materials uh, that we have been producing and of course we want to continue with those uh, podcasts uh, which are very very cool I think and also we are trying out uh, different formats um, during the first semester which was now this uh, autumn we had um, we had a little bit of uh, different formats. We had the workshops and uh, and the writing groups, of course, uh, uh, but uh, we also had something that we called the Friday retreat. That was a, like a voluntary uh, Fridays event for students to come and write with us. Unfortunately, not very popular. <laughs> but now we have introduced something else. Uh, we have uh, provided them with an opportunity to participate in a more uh, structured type of uh, social writing. So uh, we call this format Shut Up and Write. And uh, I think so far it's, it's working really good. And uh, also we have made it compulsory. But that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you have anything else to add? <laughs> well, perhaps just a general comment about yeah. maybe the future uh, of the field. I mean, especially here in Estonia, uh, because I think we need to keep spreading the awareness about uh, writing, uh, teaching writing uh, as a uh, the teaching and researching writing actually as a separate field because of course this is something that is not very well known here um, because I would say that uh, in Estonia as well as in in many parts of of Central and also Eastern Europe writing is not something that is being explicitly taught. Um, well, there are some academic writing courses, but maybe they focus on things that uh, we don't consider as important, uh, namely correctness of language and, and uh, perhaps some other aspects of academic writing. But the problem is that they don't really deal with the, um, the writing process itself and the bare feedback. And, and, uh, and of course, I think there is much, uh, much to be done to, to um, spread awareness about writing and also teaching writing and uh, to make people aware that writing is a, a teachable skill and also a learnable skill. Um, I don't have anything mm, in particular detail to add here. I would just also uh, agree, but uh, in a sense, 
it would more be of this, you know, general, maybe not overview, but exactly. I think this dissemination of, of this whole idea and project is very important. And But at the same time, of course, as it has been developing in Estonia, obviously, we also need to foster, you know, how it has been developing here and hopefully, you know, that it gains more prominence, right, in other institutions and in hopefully maybe in high schools. You never know. Uh, but uh, again, maybe back to Croatia, in the sense that we also do not have uh, this very, um, we don't have a very clear and explicit tr tradition of actually teaching academic writing. So of course, you know, of course, it's present. And for example, what you will often encounter is um, MATC seminar. But again, Anya, as you mentioned earlier, mostly it focuses on, uh, you know, whether something is written correctly, whatever that means, or you know. Um, Grammar punctuation, okay, this is a bit of a banal example, but okay, referencing, plagiarism, yeah. without a doubt that is important. So to be very clear here, nobody's saying that, you know, one is uh, less important than the other, uh, but what I'm also trying to say is simply that writing is a multifaceted process and it really does include and consists of so, so many aspects, which is why it makes it so interesting. So this would certainly be, you know, uh, one of the agendas that is on our minds, just, you know, further those collaborations, both internationally, locally in Estonia, and hopefully, you know, get some more people who are, you know, fun, cool, and interested in this. Yeah, and it'll definitely be really interesting to see how it develops, because already just seeing how it's been going the last few semesters, I've already seen lots of new things, lots of new projects that we're kind of bringing in. So it'll be even more exciting to see where we're at in about a year or so and see how many things have changed and what's remained the same. But now kind of bringing things to somewhat of a conclusion, we have to ask you guys our classic question. Um, so what's your number one tip for PhD students as early researchers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my tip is the same as it always is. It's um, um, that it's gonna be alright. <laughs> it sounds cheesy. No, but that's a great tip. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it sounds cheesy, but uh, it's um, just to sort of communicate that message that um, it's okay if, as a PhD student who is uh, just starting out, that you don't. Uh, have it all figured out yet, uh, especially in terms of writing, because you did not already have to know all this. Because I think this is sometimes the assumptions that the PhD students have and also assumption that I had, because if I made it to PhD studies, I, I must already know, uh, must have already learned how to write. But uh, then I felt inadequate because I didn't know how to do that. But of course, it is a skill and it's a skill that can be developed and um, I would say that, you know, there are no born writers. Well, I mean, of course, there are born writers, but uh, but then, you know, you can become one of them because uh, when you really practice and you become aware uh, about, uh, you know, your own writing process and also the knowledge that is out there, uh, then uh, your writing skills can get so much better. It just takes some little time. Yeah, I would like to repeat and emphasize it will be okay, although I'm in my second year, so let's hope that this will indeed be true. <laughs> but uh, no, what I actually wanted to say, it's actually a great, uh, it's definitely a great tip, and I think it's it's very good to uh, mention these things and actually receive any kind of encouragement from older and more experienced colleagues and actually seek them out, because uh, whenever I have, 
not always actually, but recently I started doing this more often, whenever there is some sort of a crisis, you know, or, or I actually do reach out, you know, just to share this. And it's very, it's actually amazing when you hear that people actually went through the exactly, you know, same things more or less or similar or just have some sort of a solution or they know, okay, you know, you're in this stage now. There are some tools that can actually help you. So uh, this basic, you know, main uh, thing definitely would be to keep in mind that, yes, it will be okay. And now I will just conclude with this, you know, being or not being okay. Um, share your work. And I cannot emphasize this more. In a sense, share your work. Uh, talk about it with your peers. As soon as you get into the PhD, just, you know, try and uh, find some small group, small environment, whatever suits you, uh, form a small writing group, join our course, however you like it, <laughs> you know, uh, but just, you know, do something to get yourself out of the, out of a bubble, which can, which tends to get some, somewhat isolating. So basically writing group would be one of the ways uh, and one of the tools and uh, structures that can help in this. So we can definitely share more information about this and we will do so, but I would just conclude with this. Okay. Well, I think both points are really good and valuable advice. So I just wanted to thank you guys again for joining us. Thank you, Jason. Okay, thank great. You. Well, that wraps up today. See you guys. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to check out our Facebook and university webpage. We want to hear your questions and feedback, so message us on Facebook and we'll be answering you on a later podcast. Bye-bye for now.